We have some major, major changes coming in the final quarter of 2023. So that is October, November, and December, the last three months of the year. And I just finished recording the goal check-in. So we do these quarterly in the Yogi Scopes membership. Um, the We do a past quarter look back and next quarter goal check-in at each solstice and equinox. And so I just finished recording the one for the fall equinox, the autumnal equinox here in the Northern Hemisphere. And so we started off with the practice and that goal check-in, but I wanted to share with you here on the podcast um, the astrology rundown part because I have several of you have asked me for information about the clip, the eclipses and um, you know, what's coming up with this, this change of Rahu and Ketu is the major theme. So I'm not sharing the practice that is staying just in the membership. If you want to do that, we started with a yoga practice and, um, moved into some guided exercises to look back at the last quarter, um, a recap there, and then some guided exercises to set your intentions for the next quarter, which I think is a uh, very important practice. And so that part recording is in the membership, but I wanted to share the recording of the astrological rundown because I said a lot of good stuff. And so I feel like it would be helpful for you all too. And also as a, my apologies for missing a week of podcasting because um, I took a vacation and that week, the episode I was going to put out was going to be about a lot of this stuff. And so I just want to also preface this with, I am just slapping the recording in there and not editing it. So I, it's going to have all my ums and all my stumbles and some things where I'm talking directly to the folks in the membership and just bear with me through that because it's Sunday and my mother-in-law is watching my children and I need to rush off and get them. And this is just a bonus episode anyway, so I'm not going to heavily edit it, but there's a lot of really good juicy information in there about what's coming up for the next quarter. So this is a overview of the things coming up for the next quarter. I'm going to post this on the podcast and on YouTube. I'm going to release um, on YouTube, we'll have my screen share so that you can see the planner, which is what I was using, the 2023 Yogi Scopes planner, which is also available. You can go to yogiscopes.com 2023 to get it. There's a 50% off code, which is June Abundance, just all caps, one word, because at um, halfway through the year, I usually put it as 50% off since half of the year's over now. Um, so you can also get the exercises we did are in the planner. If you want to grab that, you can you can get it for 50% off now. Um, or you can just watch the video on YouTube instead of listening to it on the podcast if you want the visual because you'll be able to see I was sharing my screen of the stuff that's in the planner. So um, yeah, and so also last quick housekeeping note before I just dump the recording in here and you can watch it. Um, I'd love if you could join us tomorrow for the creative sequencing based on Vedic Astrology Masterclass. So it's free. It's a free training. It will be about an hour to an hour and a half long with Q&A. So the, the workshop portion will be about an hour and I will hang out. I have the whole like next rest of the afternoon blocked off. I'll hang out and answer questions as long as there are questions uh, live on Zoom. So you can go to yogiscopes.com slash masterclass to see more details about that and sign up. And then lastly, quick welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I am a Vedic sidereal astrologer. So this is the sidereal update for the next three months for the rest of 2023. And we'll talk a little bit about the beginning of 2024 because it's hard not to. Um, 
when the transits don't always line up with the calendar year exactly and so we talked about some of that here too so i'm here for your questions you're welcome to drop them in the comments on youtube or email me rosemary at yogiscopes.com enjoy it let me know what you think and take care here it goes hello and welcome to your q3 of 20 or q4 actually wow okay so we're just finishing up q3 of 2023 so quarter three which is July through September. So really we have a couple of weeks left, but I always like to do my quarterly planning before the quarter starts. You could also do it at the beginning of October if you're watching this recording. So we will start today with a short practice and then we'll jump into some journaling exercises to look back over the last three months, the last quarter, and then set goals for the next quarter. So there'll be a guided journaling practice. So you might want to go ahead and grab your journal if you don't have it handy or some paper. Um, and then we will look at the astrology for the next quarter, which is a lot of stuff. So we'll go through it kind of one by one without taking too, too long to do that. Um, and talk about like the overall themes and things you need to be on the lookout for. And as always, I always like to do the journaling part first, because I don't want you um, basing your goals and your journaling on the astrology. I want you to set your goals and things however you would set them. Always, always. That is the approach that I prefer to take personally. And the approach that I prefer to guide people through is that you Set your goals, live your life, and then use the astrology to bring a more realistic element to that or or then consider how you're going to tailor your goals to the reality of your life and also the astrology, right? Like that's, um, I was actually just thinking about that before I hit record, was like, I had a moment where I was like, wow, I'm so grateful for my little office space, right? And I didn't, if I had waited till I had this office space to start doing the things that I do in this office, it would have never happened, right? So um, that's the kind of thing with like, if you try to tailor your goals to the current reality, you're going to stay stuck in the current reality. So that's why I always encourage to set your goals that you want to set. And then we'll be like, okay, how can we make that happen with the current reality? Because when I started this podcast, if you've been with me for a while, the Yogi Scopes podcast, actually the Science of Light before the Yogi Scopes podcast and all that, I was doing it in my living room. I barely had internet because I lived somewhere like deep in the mountains that didn't really have internet. And so it's been a progression since then. So that is all to just say, that is why we do the journaling first, because I don't want you to try and see something in the astrology that's going to change your idea. I want you to come up with the idea first. So let's go over a quarter two recap. So that would be July, August, September. And then we will talk about the astrology of quarter three. So in July, this is what we had going on in July of 2023. And so this is just coming directly from your planner. And um, the main sort of 
things we had kicking off in July were retrograde season. So we had um, Pluto went retrograde in May. That's an outer planet. We don't really like consider that as much because it's so, so subtle. Um, it's more of a generational collective type thing than it is an individual thing. But Pluto is in Capricorn. So the Capricorn area of your life might have been sort of challenge some more and will continue to be for the next like 20 years. Um, right. And then, uh, with that Pluto retrograde and then in June we had Saturn go retrograde, but in July we had Venus go retrograde. Um, Mercury moved into Leo where Mercury would eventually retrograde in August, a few weeks later. And so in July, the main theme was like cancer season. So for those of you that are cancer, risings it might have been a time of like self like prioritizing yourself considering how you want to show up in the world kind of thing or um, just more energy around the cancer area of your chart that month whatever house that is in for you and um it was sort of a foreshadowing july was for um the the retrogrades that were to come with venus and Mercury. So it was a good time to slow down and start intentionally considering your communication and relationships and um, these kind of things. So then in August, we had Venus moved back to um, Cancer again. So Venus begun the retrograde in Leo and then Venus moved back to Cancer and then Mercury begun its retrograde in Leo Uranus begun its retrograde in Aries. So again, this is why things have been big for you. Cancer ascendance, because this is a lot of stuff sort of hitting on your Kendra houses, the one, four, seven, and 10, which are self other seven is relationships. So self and relationships and home and career have been like extra challenge for you folks um, this year and for a while in general. Um, and so it's a August brought a good time to sort of bring things full circle for the year. We also had that um, double full moon happening in August, which was in Vedic astrology. We call that Adiga Masa, the intercalary month in the lunar month of Shravana. So just the whole theme of August was like, are you deeply listening to yourself, to the whispers of the universe, to um, those around you in relationships. So these, these communication and relationships challenges going on with Venus and um, Mercury retrograde, it was a good time to practice that deep listening to all of the, those above mentioned things. Um, and then also brought in those themes, especially as we moved into September, because Saturn's retrograde in Aquarius, Mercury's retrograde in Leo. So this Aquarius Leo axis have has been kind of activated. So you might also look to what houses Aquarius and Leo are in, in your chart, um, to know sort of what areas of life and there's resources for that in your membership portal. Um, if you want to look more deeply into each house and sort of what it represents. So what area of life might be being impacted for you individually this is how you can kind of parse this stuff out. Um, this whole notion of like, how are you going to communicate better Mercury retrograde in Leo, your unique, authentic flavor that you bring to the world. So Leo has this like egoic element to it, this egoic quality, 
which is important, right? And Aquarius is more related to the collective and, um, you know, how is that unique flavor that you bring to the world going to serve the collective? So if these things are in balance between the Saturn retrograde and Mercury retrograde, you will be expressing yourself in a way that serves the collective and is a way that only you can, right? That's the egoic part, your own creative flavor. Um, and not getting either so caught up in the collective that you are just codependent and like not staying true to yourself or so uh, far down the your own unique flavor side that you're prioritizing yourself or your own ego over the work. So that's been kind of the um, major themes of the last few months is like Inter, so with the Venus retrograde and that stuff that happening in July, inner child healing and generational trauma work, which there's a also a workshop for that on in the membership if you would like to revisit that. Um, prioritizing that, like what in your life and related to your lineage, because that's also a big Leo thing, um, has kept you from expressing yourself fully or maybe squash that romance in you, that inner romance flavor for life. Um, and so this could apply to relationships, but this could also apply to just like your, your Dharma. Like, how are you showing up in the world? Is there anything that is like keeping you from fully putting yourself out there in a way that only you can to serve the collective. And so the Venus retrograde might've brought a time to, um, work through that, like whatever challenge. So it's not too late is what I want to point out is that, if you're like, oh gosh, I wasn't paying enough attention to that, which you know, those of you in the membership, you've been following along, you probably were, um, to notice what was coming up for you. And so then you might also consider, was any of that related to like the areas with our check-in that you put your focus um, over the last three months from July, August, and September? Um, and what, what were your challenges? Was any of that related to um, maybe the lineage healing, inner child work, that kind of stuff. Um, was, was anything coming up there for you? And then, so I say it's not too late to do that work because now, as of now and moving forward for the next at least month or so, it's going to be like until November that, um, it will take Venus to move back through, um, the, the portion of the night sky that she retrograded through. And same thing with Mercury. It's going to be like, you know, a good couple weeks before Mercury has moved on from the place it retrograded. So, and then we have in November, Saturn will be going direct. Um, and we also, so we also had at the beginning of September, Jupiter went retrograde, which will be, um, let's talk about it now, the next quarter. So also, I just want to say in the quarterly planning, I really apologize for not having that workbook to you. I don't know what happened, like why it disappeared from my Canva account because I literally like saw it like last week. Um, like it was there and then all of a sudden it wasn't. So anyway, um, if you, if you kind of take notes on all of these individual transits, um, and just think about what any of them individually were bringing, up for you, especially so the major ones I mentioned, like the retrogrades and um, pretty much just the retrogrades have been the big things over the last three months. But the other things like um, 
Oh, and the, the intercalary month and the blue moon. So that that's another big thing over the past three months. If you have somewhere in your journal, like what you are working through individually with those, that's why I strongly encourage keeping a transit journal. Um, so you can look back and see like, what were you experiencing at that time? What was that transit bringing up for you? Um, and then things like the sun moving to Leo, the sun moving to Virgo, those things are going to happen. That's just sort of the wheel of the year. That has a lot to do with also, like I was saying, we're here at the fall equinox. Vedic astrology doesn't necessarily like care. Like that's not, there's not like a Vedic astrology concept. There would be a Sanskrit word, right? Um, but with the sun in Virgo, that's the same thing I was saying is like, we've had all this accumulation of Pitta energy, which we also see in the in the night sky, which is why I often say on the podcast, it's, it's hard for me to conceptualize how this is happening for folks in the Southern Hemisphere, because Vedic astrology and Western astrology, for that matter, were both invented in the Northern Hemisphere, um, which means they, um, sorry, mental link, which means that they follow the Ayurvedic sort of seasons of the Northern hemisphere. So it's hard for me to conceptualize how this buildup of Pitta energy, which we see through the signs, um, things moving through, you know, from the beginning of, uh, or sort of like the end of quarter two, we had like Aries season, um, Leo season, these kind of things. We see this buildup of Pitta energy and then we're moving into Virgo season, right? As of today, Sunday, September 17th, the sun moved into Virgo. Um, and any Sankranti or time that the sun moves is a good time to do this kind of planning anyway, like we're doing. So that's why it's, it's a little bit auspicious that I put the plan, the quarterly planning day on this uh, Sankranti day. The sun's moving day is like a new solar month in Vedic astrology. Um, so I just bring that all, all that up to say is that these individual transits are sort of like the wheel of the year. Like what the sun's doing usually is like happening the same every year. The sun does not go retrograde, nor does the moon. And, uh, but all these other transits, like the retrogrades, um, the blue moons, intercalary month, you might consider how those things impacted you individually. So let's look at October now. Um, in October, we will have Mercury entering Virgo, just sort of like amping up that, um, that, you know, good time to ground your communication ground after, um, ground your systems, right? Like, uh, after this Mercury retrograde, it, Mercury is multricone in Virgo. It should be a good time for, that's why this time has big, like back to school vibes. You'll notice, um, a lot of people, myself included, are launching courses right now because they're the energy is really supportive of getting back into a routine and a routine of learning. Um, and so that's a, a sort of trend that transcends time. Like we know um, school kind of evolved to be not off in the summer because people were, you know, when people used to have to farm for a living, like everybody had to, um, the people needed to work their fields during the summer and they could get back to, to learning during the fall. But um, we see that this, this sort of back to school vibes thing is astrological too. Um, and so the important things to note about October is that we also have, 
um, eclipse season. And with that eclipse season, the nodes will change signs at the end of October, October 30th. And so depending on who you ask, this is another, this is an aside, depending on who you ask, some folks will say that they are changing signs in November. And um, I'm going with the October 30th date because, so the difference is when you hear the dates and this is the thing. So somebody, one of my early on teachers of Vedic astrology I asked about this and this person was just like, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. And so I ended up finding out on my own, the difference between the dates is what's called true versus mean calculation of the nodes. So you can go back and listen to, I did an old episode. I said, I just sent a link to this episode in my most recent newsletter, um, about Rahu and Ketu. And so the important thing to know, you can listen more about it there, but the important thing to know is that they're not physical bodies in space. They're the nodes of the moon. They are mathematical points. And so the only time they really like matter is at an eclipse. And, uh, well, I mean, so like they matter other than that, like that's why we follow their movements all year. Um, but the only time they're like exact point in space matters is at an eclipse. And so the true calculation of their, their movements has some wobble to it. It has some unpredictability and the mean calculation of their movements is just an average of that. And so that is why, and so this is like complex math and anybody that's an astrologer these days does not probably do the math by hand. They have an astrology software that does it for them. And so this is, might sound like I'm throwing shade a little bit, but, um, to somebody that doesn't have a lot of experience with math, complex math, the true calculation, because it's a true calculation rather than an average sounds like it would be more accurate. Um, but that's not the case. So this is like some, I used, I went to engineering school, if you didn't know that about me. Um, and I took like, I took Calc 3 in co- at the college level. And I took two math courses beyond that, differential equations. Um, another one, I took calculus-based statistics. And so this is like, in the complex math, the mean calculation, even though it doesn't sound like it because, and this is the thing, everybody's like, the true calculation is obviously more exact. And it just is not. I would urge you to trust the the mean calculation, especially for when it's changing signs, because with that wobble, the true calculation is saying they are only in those signs after they like are no longer wobbling back into the sign before. And so that's why I'm choosing the October 30th date, um, because that's the mean calculation date for when they change rather than the November date for um, uh, when they truly change. And so, because as I often say also, sorry for that kind of long aside, but it's been on my mind to want to share it with you all. Um, And I will share more about that on the podcast episode about their change of signs when I release it. But the important thing to know is that, so I often tell people, sort of like the end of the transit 
if you have not been working with whatever karmic lessons are being brought up, they will be like extra in your face. And especially because we have this eclipse season happening in October. Um, and then if you have been, it will be a foreshadowing of that, um, you know, what's to come, especially in October. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. And so in October, um, that's why I'm choosing this October 30th date as like, this is when they change because according to the average of what they're doing, you can think of it as like a graph, right? And there's just all these spots on the graph. And if we want to plot their movement, we're going to take the, the average line of their graph. And so if it's like they jump into, you know, their new signs and they jump back and you could take the time where, where they don't jump back anymore as the, the true time that they change. But in a practical sense, we're going to start feeling that change when their average line is into the new signs, which is October 30th. So I hope that made sense. Um, but with anything, with any of these longer term transits, I do think there is some, like, especially if you've been doing the work and working with whatever challenges are coming up, you're going to start to be kind of like spiritually ready for the next thing. Right. You know, if that makes sense. So, um, the eclipses, in fact, even regardless of that true or mean calculation thing, um, the first eclipse is in Virgo. So Rahu and Ketu have been in Aries and Libra and they are moving to Pisces and Virgo. That is the new axis that they're going to be on. And I will put out a podcast episode all about that. I've been, I meant to put it out like two weeks ago, like that week that I took vacation, but, um, I had more research to do. So it's going to be better for me having waited. Uh, so, and I will share all of that research with you on the podcast episode. But the important thing to know is that where they're going, they've been on the Aries and Libra axis, which means the Aries and Le Aries and Libra Aries, tongue twister, the Aries and Libra areas of your chart, the houses that those signs are in have been extra impacted for the last year and a half. So since March of 2022, and actually, if you go back and listen to that episode that I did about it at the time, I was using the mean calculation or I mean, the true calculation, because the teacher I had before that was like, don't worry about it. Just use this one. I was like, and that wasn't good enough for me. I was like, why are there two different? I need to know. And so I did my own research and figured it out and decided that the, um, the true calculation is not accurate, even though because it has the word true in it, it sounds like it would be. It's not um, if you understand math. So um, back then I shared that it was in April. It was actually and that's actually what was on the 2022 planner, because in 2021, I didn't know the difference yet. Live and learn. And so it was actually in March. That the mean transit date was, um, but it doesn't really matter. It like that's why I'm like, it's not really that serious because those first couple, this October and November will be like, you'll be feeling the shifts that whole time, no matter what, no matter what like day we want to nitpick and say, this is the day. 
um, because October 14th, we have that eclipse in Virgo, which will, and that, this is typical for the, the eclipse seasons on the ends of a Rahu and K2 transit. Um, so the first one, when Rahu and K2 moved from Taurus and Scorpio to Aries and Libra, we had one of the eclipses was in Scorpio when the other one was in Aries. So that's just like the way it works. That's the way the movement of the planets happen. Um, and so what these eclipse seasons mean is that um, we will be wrapping up whatever's been going on with the Aries and Libra axis, the areas of your chart that those like look at what houses Aries and Libra are in for you. And so those areas of your life um, maybe have been experiencing big, big challenges for the last year and a half since March of 2022. And then um, just the very next or Rahu and K2 actually always move reverse through the Zodiac. So the very previous houses to those will be your focus for the next year and a half. And so in a general sense, with Rahu moving to Pisces, um, we're going to see an uptick in spirituality. So uh, that's just to put it in a nutshell, I will do a more, um, a more, what's it called? In-depth look at it on the upcoming podcast episode about it. But people are going to be obsessed with spirituality. They just are, because that's a big theme of Pisces, Pisces being the 12th sign of the Zodiac uh, and Rahu brings obsession. So in a general sense, people are going. And, and so I think being obsessed with spirituality is not like an easy thing. Like it sounds like it would be good. Like, oh, if more people would be spiritual, that'd be a good thing. I think what's going to happen is there's going to be challenges. Like I know just in my life and everybody I've talked to, people turn to spirituality because shit is hard right? Like people don't just turn to spirituality because life is naturally good, if that makes sense. So there's going to be some, some hard stuff and, um, it's going to make people more obsessed with spirituality, meditation, going on retreats. So all these kind of things are good. It's a better time than ever to become a Vedic astrologer. Um, because, it's on the upswing and will be. So with Rahu and Aries, people were sort of obsessed with um, like being influencers. Like I talk, I've talked about this on the podcast. Like um, it's, it's like trickling into industries where it didn't used to matter uh, where people are like, I have to have like a personal brand. And it didn't used to be that way in a lot of industries. People were like, they could just go a more traditional route and there was no need to like have a LinkedIn profile and have your like personal brand out there on the internet. That's a very Rahu and Aries thing. Um, and, and there was a lot of focusing on self. I saw a lot of relationships break up because Libra is all about relationships. Um, and there's been a big call for Libra also has to do with businesses. People were talking about cutting up businesses, breaking monopolies. Um, so that's sort of a collective theme of the Rahu and Aries and K2 and Libra transit. And then when K2 moves to Virgo, there will be a more people will want to have spirituality as part of their daily life, spirituality as part of their daily routine, more embodiment practices in their daily life, more embodied wellness, because what happens with K2 is that, um, 
you feel a spiritual connection to these things because you somehow get cut away from it. It's like people might experience a loss of health that forces them to then prioritize their spirituality and their wellness practices and these kind of things. So that is what's going on at a collective level with those things. I will talk more about it like the past times this transit has happened. And then of course, yoga practices and journal prompts to think about the next year and a half. But just know that's the big major shift that's coming this next quarter. So this eclipse season is, it's a portal time. They always are. And that's what we have going on in October. So just know that October will be a time to lay low and just feel and notice and pay attention and write down all of the downloads that you have, but it's not time to act on those things yet. Okay. So all of those things I talked about related to Rahu and K2 and eclipse season, we'll talk more about them as we get there. But I want you to know that October is ushering in a new karmic cycle with Rahu and K2. And I hope I explained all of that. Well, maybe too well, this is who I am as a person. I'm an over explainer. Um, and you'll want to unpack any leftover baggage around relationships. So that has to do with Libra, with K2 having been in Libra, but also this Venus retrograde and Mercury retrograde as they move past beyond through October and into November as they move beyond um, there where they retrograded. We're going to be stepping forward into a new cycle, focusing on new things. So, and I actually, I've told people this in readings before, but I don't know that I've ever said it um, publicly or, you know, in a general sense, but transit, when transits happen, they create this resonance and that resonance will vibrate through your life until it doesn't anymore. So if you were experiencing challenges related to, and, and that can, what I mean by that until it doesn't anymore, until you learn the lesson. So the transit will bring up the challenges and bring up the thing and you can either work with it while it's going on or it will just continue to affect you even when the planet has moved on, if that makes sense. So this can be in a good or bad way. Um, but if you started to experience challenges brought up by the Venus retrograde, the Mercury retrograde, the Aries and, Le uh, Aries and Libra, Rahu and K2 transit, if you don't deal with the challenges brought up by that, by those things, they're just going to, they're not going to go away just because the planet has moved on. You're just going to now have those challenges plus new challenges because the planet has moved on, if that makes sense. So now October is the time to really set into motion um, your new ways of being around those things when, as we start to experience new focuses and new energies, if that makes sense. And then in November, thank Jeebus. Saturn is going direct in Aquarius. That is just adding to this um, grounding and sort of like back to school vibes of this fall time. And then we'll have a new moon in Libra, which I want to point out because we're not actually having an eclipse in Libra. And um, because we're having that eclipse in Virgo and then Aries. And so this new moon in Libra in November will be a good time to set your intention. It'll be a, a much sweeter time for relationships. And that's actually, I've had a few of you relationships have really been on the mind in, in the readings I've had over the last uh, quarter or so. Um, and a lot of you have been experiencing challenges on the relationship front. I think that's related to K2 and, uh, and other things that we've talked about in your individual lives. But 
um, the Venus retrograde and everything. And so when Venus moves into Libra in November, and we'll also have this new moon in Libra in November, November and into December will be much sweeter times for relationships in general. And then also, um, yeah, it'll, it'll just be a better time. If you've been experiencing challenges on the relationship front, like I was saying, I hope you were doing the work. Most of you that I talk to individually are absolutely have been doing the work um, that we talked about in your own individual lives, but, um, and, and it varies based on, you know, the sort of other things that were being brought up for you. Um, but the challenges will continue to resonate unless you were doing the work. And if you were doing the work, you will start to feel in um, November and into December, things will get easier, things will be more in flow and will be better on the relationship front. And then um, also in November, so we'll have Saturn going direct. Things will, I think in a lot of ways, kind of get easier in November. In a lot of ways. In other ways, though, there will be plenty of new challenges now that Rahu and K2 have moved. So that will be a big shift and that will be sort of playing out over November. But then some of the other challenges we've had going on, like Saturn being retrograde, um, we had a Mars retrograde earlier this year, Venus being retrograde, those things will sort of resolve and we'll finally see some sweetness and some more ease and flow related to Mars, which is action, Saturn, which is routine and discipline, um, Venus, which is relationships and love and abundance. So you might start to see in November some more flow there. And so Mars will be moving into Scorpio, which is one of the signs that it rules. And so, um, yeah, so like passion might be a little bit higher when that happens, which can be good and bad. We'll talk about it when we get there, but there is, so November will bring a sort of like intensity to your action and a vitality. If you've been doing the emotional work of all these things we've talked about this year so far with the Venus retrograde and all of that, the lineage healing and stuff that was um, being brought up. And then some things we talked about even earlier in like Q2 with what was going on with Mars. If you focus on spiritual growth, focus on that emotional work and stay connected to a community, November will be a good time of vitality and drive for you and a better time for relationships for a lot of folks. Um, and then December, our final month of the year, we have Neptune going direct in Pisces, which hopefully will feel nice, especially once Rahu has moved there to Pisces because th there's a little bit, I just heard this word that the kids are using, delulu, like delusional. That That is like Pisces energy. There is a little bit of like delulu-ness to Pisces energy, which um, can be good. You know, and so with Jupiter retrograde also right now and through the end of the year, Jupiter will go direct um, in Aries at the end of December. But there is some challenges to optimism, to spirituality going on. And we'll start to see that ease up in December when Neptune goes direct in Pisces, which is one of the Jupiter ruled signs. And Neptune is considered a co-rule, a modern co-ruler of Pisces. Um, and... So we'll see Neptune going direct, Jupiter going direct, Rahu will have moved there in the meantime into Pisces, which will further challenge Jupiter since that's one of Jupiter's signs. 
Um, so it will further challenge like spirituality and optimism in some way, but it might be what the case might be is that people are like overly optimistic, overly spiritual to the point where they kind of lose touch with reality. That's one of the challenges that we'll see as um, Rahu moves into Pisces. It is like an upper chakra imbalance, a, a Vata imbalance. Um, and that will maybe ease a little bit in December and after December when Neptune goes direct and Jupiter goes direct. Uh, but then we also have another Mercury retrograde in December. On December 13th, Mercury goes retrograde in Sagittarius and will retrograde back to Scorpio before going direct on January 1st of next year. So, um, and then also we normally have Venus moves into Capricorn typically around December, which is often, I've said this before and I'll say it again, but um, we often see a lot of people get engaged around the holidays, around December, around New Year's, around Christmas, around, you know, the other holidays that people celebrate, people are getting engaged. And that is directly related to Venus and Capricorn, where people are like, I want to put a new level of structure to my love, to my relationships. Um, and then in in Capricorn, when Venus is in Capricorn, also in January, uh, typically we have people getting back to like a budget. That's a very Venus and Capricorn thing, but we don't have that this year because of the Venus retrograde in December on Christmas Eve, Venus will be entering Scorpio. So if you're one of those people that is expecting a ring or hoping for a ring, because you often see people, um, getting engaged on Christmas Eve. Don't pressure your partner this year because the energy is more Venus and Scorpio is more like if you're in your feelings about not getting a ring on Christmas Eve, um, it's going to cause problems <laughs> with you and your partner. So that's kind of an energy that's going on. Um, and there might be some like in your feelingsness when it comes to relationships around Christmas, New Year's, the end of the year. And then you can maybe expect to start talking having the ring conversation or the, the up-leveling structure, which a ring or engagement is that to your relationship uh, around Valentine's day when Venus will be in Capricorn next year. So um, I say that in jest, but also just be on the lookout. Uh, Cause I hope you can connect with those examples, especially if you're in American culture and you see this kind of stuff like I do. Um, uh, don't break up with your partner on Christmas Eve because they didn't propose to you or whatever. Um, so, uh, but you might do some deeper emotional work around that time. And so I apologize also if you don't celebrate Christmas because I don't really either, I'm not Christian, but, um, but I do because I live in the U S so anyway, um, when Venus enters Scorpio, it will be a time of doing more deep emotional transformative work in relationships. We'll of course talk about that more in depth when we get there right now, the focus is on sort of general energies of the next quarter which to sort of wrap it all up. Um, also with these planets moving into Sagittarius in December, this is what I talk about often astrologically. This is the evidence for what we see people like, uh, like the sun in Sagittarius. It makes people really extravagant and want to like have parties and travel and uh, kind of go for broke. That's a very like sun in Sagittarius thing. Um, this being like extroverted and, um, and like that, I'm sorry to keep using this analogy if you're not Christian, because I'm not either. I just live in the U.S. So 
Christmas is what everybody talks about. And um, so this like whole spirit of Christmas thing, that's like very sun and Sagittarius, this like being gift and philosophical gift being gift uh being generous and like gifting people because it's the spirit of christmas that's like a sun and sagittarius thing and we have the sun moving there december 16th um and so passion is really high in december because of um mars in scorpio and then mars will move to sagittarius those are still two very passionate placements mars and scorpio is a little bit more internal passionate towards like doing the internal work and personal transformation and then mars in sagittarius is more um those things I said, like being extravagant, being gifting, being generous and philosophical and doing the just and right thing to do. That's a Mars and Sagittarius thing. And then with Venus and Scorpio, um, that's pretty passionate too. Scorpio being ruled by Mars and being a water sign. It can bring, it's kind of sexy actually, honestly. Um, it could be like a good time for, um, that kind of passion, if you will. Um, and deep emotional transformative work in relationships. And then, um, yeah, so that's an overall energy of December. So to wrap it all up, the energies of this next quarter are the nodes changing. That is the main, the, the big, big thing. We're starting off this quarter with eclipse season and the nodes changing signs. So that's why I spent a good amount of time um, harping on that because that's sort of the biggest thing. And then in November and December, things will sort of like get back to normal-ish. Like we'll be dealing with this new Rahu and K2 transit, which in a lot of ways, like that will not feel normal. Like it will feel like big changes are happening in your life. And possibly also there's some element of just be careful, take care of your health, make sure you have some spirituality and health routines on a daily basis, because that is what will sort of save you from the more challenging things of this transit as the pieces sort of fall. But the good news is, is that November and December, we have a lot of like getting back to normal, like um, Saturn and Mars will feel better. Venus will feel better. So there is a lot of good things happening over the next quarter as well as challenges. And so if I could sort of wrap it all up to tell you like what to be on the lookout for over the next quarter, I would say um, set yourself up for success by having um, spiritual routines in your life on a daily basis. That's why we do the Mercury retrograde challenge to always sort of get back to that meditation routine, because even as a full-time yoga teacher for several years now, I still need it in my life to get back to that meditation routine, because as all these things change, life change, our, our, our routines require something different of us. That's a big theme of Saturn retrograde often is like the shifting in routines. Like, I don't know, your class schedule changes if you're a yoga teacher or like your kids go back to school or whatever. Um, something happens health-wise with a family member, these things, life keeps happening. The planets keep moving signs, changes keep happening. And we have to keep coming back to our routines that keep us well. And that will be a prominent theme of the next year and a half, starting in October with the nodal change, starting really in November, because they change, like we talked about, either in October, you know, the end of October or officially um, later in November is like the 15th, 16th, something like that, mid-November. Um, and so you can, you know, do with that information what you will about the true versus mean 
calculation, but the important part is this eclipse season, either way, no matter which calculation you resonate with and want to use, um, the eclipse season is going to be ushering in those changes because we have a new moon eclipse in Virgo. So at that eclipse will be a good time to consider what routines you're going to put in place. What's going to keep you grounded and in your body through the challenges that the next year and a half will bring up. And, um, what are you going to harness in these like back to school vibes over the next, you know, three months? How do you want to really round out 2023? And we'll talk about 2024 at the winter solstice planning session. You know, we'll do it. We'll have a nice winter solstice practice and we'll talk about all of 2024, not just Q1. At that time, we'll talk about Q1 in January. That's the kind of rhythm, rhythm we've fallen into. With that, Q, uh, the Q4 uh, will be a look back over the whole year and planning for the whole next year rather than just quarterly as we've been doing. Um, so it's a good time right now to consider what are you going to buckle down and focus on and where are you going to direct your passion and drive? And it might largely be related to relationships and business as we've seen relationships and abundance with all these challenges to Venus and the sign of Libra um, and then kind of what's happening in the sign of Libra in November. So yeah, I hope that all made sense. I hope that wasn't like too long-winded um, and I'm here for any questions you have and keep also in mind that we'll be covering these things in a more individual basis over the coming months every week on the podcast. So we'll get more in depth with them. You don't have to memorize everything now. Um, you just need to have that sort of big picture look in your mind on this sun Kranti day of sun moving into Libra or I mean Virgo, sorry. Um, and hopefully the look back and mind dump about where you want to go over the next quarter was helpful. So I'm here for you with any questions you have until next time. Keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Take care.